This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Classic Face for Podcast. I'm Vince sitting here with Keith for another week of Marvel Goodness. How you doing, Keith? I am well, Vince. Thank you for inviting me back. You're, you're, you're a co-host. I don't have to invite you. You're, you're always here, sir. Uh, that's very true. So, yeah, we're live as usual uh, on Saturday on YouTube. We're a little bit earlier than normal, but uh, you know what? It doesn't really matter because either people listen to it either via audio or just go watch the video because... We always show some wonderful things uh, as far as the community projects go, which we will get into in just a moment. We're just going to talk a little bit this week to start the show off with the Marvel Phase 4 announcements that were at San Diego Comic-Con. We have a lot of really exciting news coming out of there about what the new movies are coming out in the next two to three years. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, some people aren't happy. Some people are really excited. Uh, I'm going to say I'm in the boat of more happy than not, so... What about you overall before we get into it? Well, um, there are things that I'm excited to see. Shang-Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. Yep. Uh, the Hawkeye TV series, the WandaVision TV series, the sequel to Doctor Strange. Um, Bucky and the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, I think, will be pretty cool. Um, I think... Although at the same time, that and like the Thor love and thunder thing is probably going to piss some fanboys off, I would well, well imagine. We'll get into that in a few minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, since you went into everything, but let's get right into it. So first of all, uh, going down the list of Phase 4 announcements to San Diego Comic-Con, we have Black Widow, the movie coming out, which I'm definitely looking forward to because I like this character uh, and I like where it's going what do you are you oh. looking for, i know you're definitely looking for this movie yeah you know and that's one of those things where i i think it should have been done about th- three to five years earlier i really think it should have been done more phase three in between cap and the avengers so as to give her a little bit of backstory and where she's at and who she was and i'm a little it's a little odd to see it coming now in the face of what happened. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, I'm looking forward to it regardless. I've been a big fan of Black Widow since the Marvel fanfare stuff and since the miniseries. And I, I thought there was plenty of stuff to do with the character, whether it was uh, bringing in uh, Yelena, the other Black Widow, or the Iron Maiden character, you know, you have Red Guardian, you have Taskmaster, you have plenty of stuff coming, exciting stuff, you know, and it's befitting that if this is going to, if, and I don't know anything, but if this is going to be the last time she plays the character, you might as well go out with a big story. Yeah, I'm looking over the news, Iron Maiden, you're right, Taskmaster, Tony Masters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
pretty interesting uh, stuff coming down for that. Hopefully, uh, we'll see uh, some good things from that. Oh, yeah. We also got the announcements, like you had said, was uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, that comes out fall 2020, so there's real no there's no hard date for that. But they did confirm that Mackie will, at the panel, will be wearing Cap's uniform and uh, will be carrying the shield. What do you think? Yeah. Well, um, you're going to have people who will enjoy seeing that. You're going to have people who will enjoy uh, complaining about it. I've got a very good friend who has already, you know, I'll never watch it. I won't have anything to do with it. All because of them changing it. And he's like social justice warrior this and social justice warrior that. And it's like, look, all of this happened about five or six, seven years ago now in the comic books. I said, this isn't anything new. They're, they're, just, they're rehashing what they did in the comic book. They're just doing it in a, a, on a platform that's now global as opposed to more United States central, if uh, that makes sense. No, yeah, I understand. I have no issue with them changing things up as long as it was done in the comic books, which it was, so... You yeah. really can't complain when it comes to that. Now, if it was just like, hey, we're going to do this and that because of social justice or whatever, then, yeah, I could see people being pissed off. But, yeah. like, when we get oh, to, when we get to Thor agree. in a moment, they did it in the comics, so you all people have to say is, well, here's the comic. Can't really yeah. complain too much. And I, I mean, that I know that sounds like, you know, we're, like, pandering to whatever, but we're not. We're just saying, here's the facts. They chose these facts. Here are the facts. Sorry. If you don't like it, just don't watch it. That's all I say, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, vote with your pocketbook. Exactly. Well, I... I or wallet. your wallet. Yeah, if, <laughs> you know, if if you don't like something, that's the quickest way to deal with it. Don't, you know, don't uh, endorse it. Don't support it. You know, but my thought on all that stuff was and still is that, you know, to a degree, you got to... You got to give them some latitude because they don't have 50 years to tell Captain America's story. You have maybe 10 years of an actor's life. If you get that lucky, and we have with Chris Evans, he's been around doing this for 10 years. He's not going to do it forever. And people say, well, you know, if they pulled up enough money and uh, they they offered him enough cash, he would do it. Well, no. It, it doesn't mean that he would do it for the rest of his life. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe, you know, for whatever reason, Robert Downey Jr. is getting ready. He's, you know, he's in his mid-50s. He was in his mid-40s when he started this. So think about it. I mean, you know, they were like, oh, I, and the same friend who complained about Falcon becoming Captain America was like, well, you know, they could offer him enough money. He could be in a support role. It's like, no, they've killed him off in the movies. What do you want? You know, it can't go on forever. It does end sometime. And I think I actually applaud um, Christopher Nolan for doing it first with Batman and actually giving Batman, in terms of the movie, uh, an ending that you would never see in the comic books. He, you know, he lives to see his, his fight carried on by somebody else and gets the girl. And goes off to have a life. 
it, it, the uh, speaking of that ending you're speaking of with uh, Joseph Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt, I believe his name is taking over the Bat Mantle. Uh, yeah, I actually was. I was when I saw that I was kind of excited about that. I'm like, ooh, if this is actually going to continue, I would love to see this. But of course, we never got it. So no, no. But it it left it open so they could have done that, but they're not even going to bother with that story. So yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's just. I look at it this way. It's an exciting time to be a comic book fan, whether you're a Marvel fan or whether you're a DC fan, whether you like Dark Horse or Image Comics. <clears throat> there is plenty to love for everybody. And if you don't in some way support this stuff, whether it's subscribe to the Disney app and watch the TV shows that are coming on the Disney app or watch the Netflix version of the Marvel Universe or, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gifted, Legion, whatever it was you were watching before. If you're not watching it now, if you're not supporting in some way, someday it's all going to be gone. Yeah. And there's a whole generation of kids that have no concept of what that's like. I mean, you think about it. We got started, the Marvel Cinematic Universe started in 2007. There's an entire group of kids... I would say anybody from about 15 down, they have no concept, no real concept of what that was like before then. I mean, yeah, we had an X-Men movie or we had a Blade movie, but you didn't have Iron Man. You didn't have the Avengers. You didn't have Captain America showing up in Thor's movie. No, there were no crossovers or, or universe. There was no crossover. Like I mean, occasionally you would get something like, oh, well, the circus is halfway to Metropolis by now, Dick. You know, or you would get some comment about how, yeah, this is why Superman works alone. And that would be, you know, you, and in those times, in that place, you were thrilled to get that. You were like, oh, they acknowledge Superman. Hmm. Oh, my God. You yeah, know. yeah. And now you have an actual universe that deals with, you know, you, you see this interconnectivity that you always saw in the comic books, you know, and it didn't in the comic books, Spider-Man might swing through and yell something at the human torch or the human torch might fly by and yell something at Spider-Man. And then that was it. Or it may be like a, you know, a, a two issue crossover. It just depended on what was going on and where it was happening at the time. Yeah, we're in a good time. Yeah, I I know people are like, oh, isn't it like about time for uh, comic book movie fatigue? I think it's just as popular as it's ever been. So, yeah, and we can thank the X Men for jumping all this off. I think at least in my book, because they were the most popular movies out of all the comic book movies, because it was the X Men. Well, them Spider Man, uh, the the Sam Raimi Spider Man, and the Blade movie. You know, those three really sort of started off what we have now. And I can remember watching the first X-Men movie going, man, the costumes don't look anything alike. Some of the characterization's way off, but at least we're getting the X-Men. It's a Blackbird jet flying around. There's, you know, Storm shooting lightning at people and Magneto with a helmet and, you know. At least they spoofed on in the movie by saying, you know, what do you expect, yellow spandex for the costumes? Exactly. They nodded to the comics, at least. I mean, you know, and now when and if when Marvel finally does it, I got a feeling we're actually going to get real costumes. 
it's not going to be the the black leather i mean think about it everything that they've done so far has been you know uh, as realistic as they could make it for the characters involved I, I'm, I'm not sold on on them putting the x-men in yellow spandex just to appease the fans for the old school x-men eh, i don't see that happening well you know honestly other than Wolverine's original costume, who had yellow spandex? I mean, if you're talking the black and yellow school uniforms, that lasted, what, like five, six, seven issues, and then they were giving them individual costumes? I thought they, they had the original X-Men run. They all had the yellow spandex. It was yellow and black, and it actually, I think, I, I can't remember the specific issue, but I want to say, if not... Before the twelfth one, by mid-teens, it was gone, and they—that's when they started introducing the concept of individual costumes. Cyclops always sort of kept the same costume, but then again, that was Cyclops. I mean, you know, he was the team leader. So, but everybody else, you know, Marvel girl, Marvel girl got the costume that she would have for forever. Uh, Iceman has always pretty much been the same, except for when he looked like. A snowman. True. And uh, Beast, you know, had a couple different costume changes before he became blue and furry. Angel has pretty much stayed the same. Havoc has had the same costume since the mid-60s until they changed it recently. Uh, Polaris, thank God, changed, <laughs> changed costumes a couple times. But, I mean, I really think that you could do, in my mind four or five movies easy with the original X-Men team. I mean, if you really wanted to do it justice, do just them. Do, you know, ha if you did a seventh X-Men movie, heaven forbid you would do a seventh X-Men movie. It would, you could do the whole giant-sized X-Men number one, Krakoa, you know, the attack of the island that walks or whatever, Krakoa. And then you have the new team come in and they're off to the races. And yeah. you could do a whole, probably a whole nother seven with just them. I, I still haven't seen that last X-Men movie that came out because I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling it to be honest. Was it dark Phoenix? Yeah. I was like, they did that already. I don't really wasn't into it. Well, uh, my mother always taught me that if you have nothing polite to say, you probably shouldn't say anything at all, but I'll say this. Um, if you have the guy who wrote, the other version of the Dark Phoenix movie, The Last Stand, rewrite or come in and write and direct this one. Mm -hmm. What makes you think it's going to suck any less? <laughs> and I mean, from a studio standpoint, they probably should have pumped the brakes and said, you know, we need to talk about this. What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, and there were talks of how they changed stuff radically. Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I think that they were probably, you know, I think he probably tried his best, but from everything I've read, they talked about how stuff was being rewritten on the fly on the set by him and, of all people, Sophie Turner, who played Jean Grey. Yeah. And I'm like, is she a writer? Has she written anything? I mean, you know, I can say I'm a writer, and I, I, meet, I meet the narrowest of criteria for that, 
according to Stephen King, in order to know whether you're talented or not, all you ever had to have done was been paid for one thing and used that paycheck that did not bounce to pay another bill, and thereby you're a ta- you've, you've got talent and you're a writer. Oh, wow. So I mean, I meet I meet that criteria, but that doesn't mean I could write a movie. Guess I meet the it doesn't criteria even mean, too. <laughs> you know, you know. So, well, we'll, we'll uh, have to wait for X Men stuff. Uh, we'll yeah. wait and see what they do, and let's not uh, continue down this path. Back yeah, to yeah. the announcements: We have the Eternals coming out in November of 2020. Uh, I have to say, I've never read the Eternals. I know nothing about the Eternals, so. Yay! You know, I'm excited about the Eternals. I'm excited about um, they are finally taking Jack Kirby's creations and putting them out into the world in the biggest, baddest way possible. I'm waiting to see which one hits the hits the audience first: Eternals or New Gods, because it's essentially variations on the same theme. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you read the DC Who's Who, when you look up New Gods, it says they're sometimes referred to as the Eternals. Whoops. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the idea that Jack Kirby's creations, the these some of his final creations are actually making it to the scene, uh, onto the screen, including the Celestials. While, while I'm really excited about New Gods, but I'm a long-term DC comic book fan, so yeah. and I like Jack Kirby's stuff, so I can appreciate it. Most of the people that I know, I've said, the New Gods movie, they're like, who? What's a New God? Exactly. And only a few of my friends will get it because they watch like Young Justice, so they watch the DC anime stuff. So yeah. they understand because they do involve new gods quite a bit in the animes and Young Justice. So they're like, oh, those those things from Young Justice. I'm like, well, they're a little bit more than that, but at least you understand. But I, a majority of people are going to be like, who knew what? Uh-huh. Exactly. Unless there's something like, hey, Superman showing up or Batman's going to be like, I don't see why Batman would be in it. But just an example, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't really care. Who exactly. Does, who does I he, mean, and you got to, you know, you're going to have to build, they're going to have to shake the bushes and build an excitement for Eternals. Now, your average comic book fan, your average Marvel fan will probably know what they're, what you're, we're talking about. Uh, your average man on the street. No. My, you know, my son would go, who? What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who are they? What's that? You know, and I would have to sit down and explain it to him. And even then he'd probably go, Oh, was Captain America in it? <laughs> no. So, you know, and it's one of those, and the thing that got me in looking at the casting for Eternals is they, uh, gender bent some of the characters, changing them from male to female. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder what led to that. You know, and I, and I mean, it's it's more of a more of a curiosity thing. Like uh, I think Selma Hayek is playing Ajax, who is you know very much a male character in the comic books, and they got a woman playing Makari, who is uh, very much a male in the comic books. So it's like that's strange. Why did you go this route of? Oh, interesting that uh, Thanos was in the, was one of the Eternals. 
Uh-huh. And Darkseid was one of the involved with the new gods. Gee, that wasn't uh-huh. that wasn't too much of a hey, hey, these things are similar on both sides. Well, and the funny part is that originally when Jim Starlin created Thanos, he looked more like Metatron from New Gods. And the editor at Marvel basically told him, if you're going to rip one off, rip off a good one like Darkseid. And that's why Thanos looks like Thanos does now. And why he, you know, has the personality and power set that he does. So... Looks like we have, uh, like you said, Salma Hayek playing Ajax, Angelina Jolie playing Thena, and Kumal Najani, uh, unnamed character. But I'm interested to see who he's going to play. Yeah. Hmm. I always thought if they were going to do like a, Her- <laughs> if they were ever going to bring Hercules in, yeah. what they should do is get the other Hemsworth brother to play Hercules. <laughs> And, ha- you know, just have them play off of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Thor, though, I guess we need, we need to talk about the elephant in the room on that one. When we get to that, that's still down the line of all those things. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. We have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which does come out in February of 20, 2021, which is considered Chinese New Year. Move over, Iron Fist. Nah, maybe not. <laughs> we got Shang-Chi. Let's hope that uh, people will forget about Iron Fist and remember Shang-Chi at the end of the day. Because of all the stuff they did on Netflix, I think that was the biggest misstep of them all. Uh, And I don't know how you could have done anything different with the character and made it more palatable to people. But, I mean, Shang-Chi has a long history, and there's people who are... You know, yes, he started off as a caricature of Bruce Lee in the Chop Saki movies of the 70s, but he became so much more than that. And I'm glad that they're getting away from the Fu Manchu origins and actually making it more of a a Marvel-centric villain, the Mandarin. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see. Then we have WandaVision, which is spring 2021. They don't really have anything about that at all, but it was announced. But mm-hmm. it's going to be in the 50s, it looks like. That's what, that's what the article is saying. It's going to be set in the 50s. I'm not sure what it's going to be. But we'll yeah. see. Then we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on May 2021. Which we're going to get more <laughs> multiverse goodness uh, because they allude to the whole multiverse in Into the Spider-Verse, which was excellent. Yes. And uh, we got the cute uh, 2099 Spider-Man at the very, very end at the, after the credits. So looking forward to that. And also Marvel did announce that we get 2099 comics back. Yeah. Which I'm really, really, really interested to see what they're going to bring back in that because I really did enjoy... Um, what was it? Um, Sp- Ravager 2099? <laughs> no. no. I, I was a big fan of Punisher 2099 and Spider-Man, and I think there was a Doom 2099, if I remember correctly. There was. There was. And I was a fan of at least... Uh, I, I, don't, I vaguely remember Doom, and I was like, this is kind of cool. And I think I might have picked up one of them, but I, I know I definitely was a Punisher reader and a Spider-Man reader, so I'm, I'm looking forward to those if, if they're coming back, which I hope they are. 
You know, and that's another thing. I think their biggest misstep with the 2099 stuff was naming it such and such 2099, like X-Men 2099, Doom 2099. I think that if they'd have just made it an imprint like Ultimate Comics, you know, 2099 Comics, and then, you know, 2099 Comics Spider-Man, you know. I think you'd have been better off doing it that way. Because at the end, all they were wanting to do after Ravager didn't work out was they were recycling everything. Oh, Captain America 2099, Thor 2099, you know, Fantastic Four 2099. It was like that that, that series that uh, DC did during the time. Oh, I can't think of it. It was that uh, oh, well, they had all those really awful characters that came out of it and... Uh... Oh, and the Hitman character came out. Remember the Hitman comic book? Bloodlines. Thank you. Bloodlines. That awful disaster of a storyline and then got all these weird characters they they tried to make comic books out of and everyone went, what? Why? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it, and it was like um, Zero Hour. All the stuff that spun out of Zero Hour. And what stuck? Um, Impulse. And Starman. Yeah. And I mean, Starman was great. I, you know. But James Robinson has never had that same level of hit ever again. Uh, Stephen Watson in our chat room is saying, Stan Lee created Ravager 2099, and we have, yes, Doom, X-Men, Hulk, Punisher, Spider-Man, all with 2099. Yep. That's Stephen Watson. He needs to be on the show. Yeah, he does. I, I invited him on the show. He said he will eventually will come on the show. So uh, sure he will. Mm -hmm. He's hiding. He's hiding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, or in the Multiverse of Madness, on May twenty twenty one. Don't know much about this movie, but uh, I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I. I was never a huge Doctor Strange fan. I had a friend who was a, a much bigger fan than I was, and he passed away a few years ago. And oh, sorry. ever since then, I find myself wanting to get more into the character. If not for me, then for him. You know, I could say that I saw it for him. You know. Yeah, I understand. Just read it, remember yeah. him. You know, his honor, his memory. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was one of those things where. He just absolutely loved that character. And there's a lot of people that do, and it's just... I, I think that they need to find somebody who can really do that character some justice in the comic books. And I tell you, in my mind, if they were ever going to hire somebody to write it, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman in Doctor Strange. I, I don't know why. I, you know, they probably have tried it, and he probably... Maybe he's not interested but I would think Good, that he yeah. would be perfect for it. I see you're right. I mean, think about what he did with Sandman. Imagine an 80-issue run of Doctor Strange with Neil Gaiman and all the little esoteric stuff that he likes to throw into it. And I, I Man, I would, I would go back to reading comics monthly for that. All right, I would subscribe. I would have it delivered to my house, something, I, you know. And that's, and I don't say that lightly about a lot of stuff, but that I would. I, uh, I am still a, uh, I pick up comics monthly all the time and I'll read them. And, but unfortunately we got the bloat of Bendis right now, which 
Uh, you, you and I are both not very high on him. People like him, but he has his hand in way too. He has his hand way too in way too many comics right now. I, I give I gave him one more chance, and he's doing a uh, um, event Leviathan for DC right now, and two issues in. I no, you could put the cross down. Two issues in, he actually has done a solid job. I, I maybe because he's not actually not doing it because he's spread so thin. I want you to turn around and show me the back of your neck so I know you're not a pod person. <laughs> pod person. Pod person. But, yeah, uh, we also have uh, on the uh, agenda here uh, What If, which I'm definitely looking forward to. Even if it is just an animated series, I'm interested to see what they do with this What If. You know, and I read something where it said basically it's going to be confined to the first 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that the what-if storylines will weave in and out of those movies from that time period. Uh, according to this, most of the MCU actors will reprise their roles as voiceover form. So, okay. Which, here's your Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Are we going to see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man? Hmm... That could be a what if story. What if Toby McGuire? What if what if Sam Raimi made Spider Man Four? You know, I had a uh, when they were doing X Men. I always thought that they should do or when let me rephrase that. When they were doing Spider Man, I always thought that they should do the scene that they do in all the. If you go back and you look at the classic Spider Man stuff where everybody's reacting to Spider-Man being on the news. And it's like, you know, the Avengers sitting around a, a TV going, who, who is this kid? You know? And I said, I always thought it would be hysterical if you could hire the people to come in and just, you know, man in wheelchair. And it's Patrick Stewart going, I wonder, you know, and, and the guy playing Cyclops in the background with the sunglasses on going, what? Who is that guy? What is that? You know, and I always thought it would be great if you had somebody them do that with the Tobey Maguire and J.K. Simmons before they finally had J.K. Simmons come back. I thought it would have been hysterical just for him to, you know, him J.K. Simmons turning around yelling, "Take the picture! Take the picture!" And then you know you see the photographer taking it from the maybe from the back or whatever, and he turns around and it's Tobey Maguire yelling at him, I got the picture, shut up, you know. And, yeah. you know, of course, now they don't have to. Now they have everybody set up that they're in there and, you know. Well, it was so trending for a little while, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Spider-Man 4, and I thought they actually had announced at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con that Sam Raimi was going to do... <laughs> Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire because it was all these pictures, but apparently someone was just, you know, lying as usual with, you know, screwing with people. So, yeah. I was a little pissed because I really did like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man stuff. I don't care what people say. All right. I I enjoyed the first two uh, much more than I enjoyed the last one. You didn't like him dancing down the street and being all cool and everything? Emo. They call that emo. Emo Spider-Man, yeah. No, I don't. I didn't like him. I didn't like him until I saw into the into the Spider Verse. Then I liked him. Oh, okay. Anyway, all right. We got the Hawkeye TV show, which there's no date for that. I'm assuming that'll be out sometime shortly after the Disney app is uh, official. But mm -hmm. uh, we do have uh, Hawkeye training uh, the new Hawkeye. 
uh, Kate Bishop. She's Hawkeye now. And somewhere Steve Jolly is listening to this going nuts, even as we speak. Because I thought I was a big fan of Hawkeye. No, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Jolly is the biggest fan of Hawkeye you will ever meet. Uh, really? Anybody who can tell you all of the Hawkeye's trick arrows in alphabetical order backwards is a much bigger fan than I am. And that's him. Okay. That's him, so. All right. Uh, yeah, I more of a Green Hour fan, but anyway, no, I'm cheesy. <laughs> I like I like Ollie too. I think someone put up a picture the other a uh, couple weeks ago. I remember seeing it. I don't know if it was someone in our group, but uh, they were like, uh, "Oh, world ending event, aliens attacking." Uh, good thing I brought twenty arrows, and it's Hawkeye. So I responded with a picture of, uh, you know, Arrow from Arrowverse, and he's holding a bow and arrow. I said, "Twenty arrows." You remember that season? I only shot two arrows. That's all I need. <laughs> That was actually more That's of a. It. it was actually more of a joke on on my side because he spent an entire season on that show shooting two arrows, and his name is Green Arrow. So yeah, yeah. we got uh, uh, the Hawkeye movie, which he'll be training his protege and his up and coming replacement. Uh, hopefully that'll go pretty well. I don't see them dragging that out too long with uh, the old Hawkeye there. Maybe a season, and then have him if it goes more than one season, which I'm assuming it will. Uh, have him do a cameo here and there with like advice or something. That's that's how I see it play out, but who knows? And then we have the one that you've been referencing and everybody's been waiting for, Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh yeah. So this is where we um, see some changes in Thor that a lot of people are pissed off about, and we see Natalie Portman come back to take the mantle of Thor. And most people are absolutely angry about this. And the only reason I am a little annoyed about this is the fact that it's Natalie Portman. That's it. Because she was the one that crapped all over Marvel, left Marvel, and was not going to do anything to do with Marvel. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm Thor. Look at that. I love Marvel. Yay, Marvel. Here's my Marvel sign. Yay. That's the only issue I have with it. Other than that, I could say... For those people out there that are bitching, uh, I think there was a storyline a couple years ago in comics when that did happen, so sorry. I mean, they're just picking that that timeline. What are you going to do? You know, and somebody said, well, how could she be Thor if Thor doesn't have Mjolnir? And I wanted to reply to that. You know, Mjolnir actually is on Earth broken in um, Norway. On that hillside in Norway. Right. I mean, it's there. So it's, it could be found. My only question now is, is she going to have Kat Dennings chasing around behind her with, uh, you know, like the Warriors 3? You know, so. Uh, no, no. You, sir, no. <laughs> uh, last thing we do get is on the thing is we get another Blade movie, which Blade, Blade will now be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah. That actually, I'm, my understanding is that's going to be Phase Five. Yes, yeah, that, that's that they just announced that, that the actor has joined the, the actor. Then the Academy Award-winning actor basically called Marvel and said, "I'm going to do Blade," and they said, "Okay." Despite the fact that he's been in, he was in Luke Cage yeah. as Cottonmouth. So, but I mean, he's a hell of an actor. This guy, you know, it. 
here's the thing is I don't care who they cast for these parts as long as they get somebody who's decent, whether it's Wesley Snipes, who was gracious enough to, you know, when he when the announcement was made, people, I guess, went on his Twitter and were trying to get him to elicit some response. And his response basically was, congratulations on being the next in what I hope is a long line of daywalkers. Um you know, I, 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 you know, it was me before. Now it's you. Carry it forward. Good luck with it. You know, basically nothing but praise for him. So, and how could you not like that? I mean, how could you not? You know, he was gracious enough to. You know, he he could have been pissy about it, but let's be realistic. That you know, nobody wants anybody who's going to act like that. Honestly, what? How's that even going to help his career? He could be pissy all he wants. It's not going to help his career. Not going to give him a chance to get a cameo in the movie. That's it. That's it. And that see, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, as it stands now, if Marvel is smart, what they'll do is they'll have him cameo in some capacity. Maybe make him an executive producer. Uh, yep. He's got the know-how for it. I mean, he knows the character. Get him to come in and executive produce. Exactly. What would it hurt? You would engender fan loyalty. You would have him as a part of the whatever was going on. So uh, they also announced we'll also be hearing some things from Captain Marvel two, Black Panther two, Spider Man three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three, and Fantastic Four as well. And X Men are somewhere in the future. No announcement of what phase they'll be in, but I'm assuming it'll probably be Phase five, maybe. Yeah. Further than that, but. That's that, and they also did mention there will be no more Stan Lee cameos going forward, which put the door open for people saying, I want Deadpool doing the cameos now. No. (laughs) You're just, no, no. No, no. I'm sensing you're not really a fan of Deadpool. I'm sensing you're not a big fan of Deadpool. Uh, Am I right here? No, I I like Deadpool. Deadpool is fine, but Deadpool doesn't need to cameo in every movie. Just like Spider-Man doesn't need to cameo in every comic book or Wolverine or whatever. So, you know, if it makes sense, Deadpool and the X-Men, absolutely. That makes sense to me. Uh, Deadpool in Avengers 5? No, doesn't make a bit of sense to me. I don't see it. Uh, What what are you going to do? Is he going to join the group? I don't see him... Being a a member of the Avengers, I mean, just making a sorry. little cameo. That's all. Yeah. Can I join the team? No. Hmm. Yeah, something like that. But I started X Force. No. That's it. Spider Man and his amazing friends will return after these messages. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Great. Why not head over to patreon.com slash WGP and support that show for as little as dollar a month. Dollar a month goes a long way to helping support the network Wild Games Productions. Again, that's patreon.com slash WGP. Thank you. Do you like DC Comics? Do you like role-playing games? Do you love the cartoons? Why not combine them all into one giant show? Crisis in the DC RPG, a podcast by Wild Games Productions. They'll talk about ways to incorporate things into the game all in one session. 
So listen into Crisis in the DC RPG only on anchor.fm slash DCRPG. Again, that's anchor.fm slash DCRPG, a Wild Games Productions podcast. We now return to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. All right, so on to uh, the community stuff, which we'll go through here. Uh, Some of the things that just dropped this week, which we're really excited about, because one of them is a big drop. uh, Huge. This is just huge. Huge. Uh, so this Here. is a uh, screenshot of just the Dropbox of what, uh, if you come here to my YouTube channel, check out my uh, this uh, podcast on here, you can see the screenshot here that I have. We have the complete S.H.I.E.L.D. box set, Marvel Superhero S.H.I.E.L.D. box up done by Tom Partyman Plaza. Am I saying his last name right? Because you had pronounced it. I believe it. so. I believe it's Plaza. Yeah. So, yeah. It could be uh, Palaza. I think he says last name like Classa, but Plaza, maybe like that. But I apologize, Tom. He's a good guy, and he just did this box set. So what we got here is we have three maps, an adventure, the actual cover for a box, if you want to actually print out a box. Which I don't know how many people will do that, but he gave you the option to do that. He also has the campaign book, which we'll get to in a moment, and the shield roster. So let me just pull open the shield campaign book this is what it looks like the campaign book and we have what it looks like 80 pages of shield goodness and for those wondering out there this is not shield ages of shield tv wise this is all comic book as far as i can tell he may have maybe had some nods to the tv show in here but uh i didn't have a chance because it just dropped this week so i didn't have a full chance to actually go through it all because it's big this book I sent Tom, um, I did some stats for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show characters a while back, uh, and I sent it to Tom. I don't know if Tom decided whether he was going to use it in the box set or not. I know because they they did introduce the characters in the comics. Now... They did, they're right. What, yeah. yeah, whether he used the stats or whether he used my stats or his own stats or whatever, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where that is one hell of a box set. It is huge, huge, huge in nature. And I, I all joking aside, this is if you ever saw the X-Men box set where they're running away from the explosion, uh, it's that size. I mean, it easily if not bigger. And Tom has spent, been working on this thing, I think for over pretty much over a year now. And he's, it's a one man show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, did he do the layout himself? I believe he did. Okay. I believe he did. I don't think that Steve Jolly actually did it as, as I remember it. And I actually got a copy, an advanced copy of the roster book. I don't know, probably a year ago is when I saw it and was like, holy Moses, I can't believe how many characters. And there were characters in there I'd like never heard of. And there were characters who I knew exactly who they were. And I'm like, man, you've got like everybody in here. And Tom was like, uh, yeah, uh, everybody. Uh, so if he missed somebody, it would be a real surprise to me. I don't, I couldn't think of anybody that he possibly could have missed. And he has a uh, sword in here as well. Who? Uh, he put the sword division in here as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, uh, he, Tom did a heck of a job. 
I'm just going through the pages right now so people who are on YouTube here can actually see what's going on. And those people at listening to this audio at home, you can head over to youtube.com slash C slash The Evil DM and you can go check out this episode, which should be available when this audio is available as well, which should probably be Monday at this point. Usually I wait a few days to edit and then throw it up. Not like vomit throw it up, but throw it up. Well, you know. All right, so we got 80 pages here, another bunch of pages there. So it's a full box set, really thick. Definitely go grab that. And then finally, which dropped in the Uncannon Project team was the giant size new Marvel file, July 25th, 2019, The Champions of Marvel. Yep. Which is a group effort by almost everybody in the group, I'm being told. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I was in there, Andrew Goldstein, bunch of people. Tony Cranfield as well. Steve Jolly. Yep, everybody's in here. Um, Steve yeah. did the layout for this, I'm assuming, because usually he does a lot of layouts. I think he did. Uh. Maybe he did. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, that was one that I... Andrew was having trouble with four or five characters, and I said, well, hey, I'll tell you what, I will throw some stats at it and see what I can get, and sat down and sort of did some stats for him and I said well, do you need histories or whatever and he said no I just need stats and I said okay so <laughs> I let him handle the history and then of course people were like oh those stats are wrong and I'm like well you know okay I you see know, in our chat makes, uh, oh go ahead I'm sorry uh, you know if the stats make sense to the um Marvel official unofficial Marvel handbook then you know I don't know how they could be wrong but it's it's you know it's like the paper it's printed on it printed on it's about how much it's worth so you know you can either interpret take it this my interpretation or you can do your own interpretation or you know and for the people who always complain that the stats don't ever seem right to them I noticed that a lot of people doing that are people who never contribute so you know, if you contribute something, you at least say, well, I, I, may, I stood my ground and said this, and this is what I think. So, yes, that's I, just me, though. Yes, I did call it the Uncanon Project. Shut up, Stephen Watson, in the chat. <laughs> the unofficial canon project there. I called the Uncanon Project because it's a shorter name. He's making fun of me in our chat for me saying that. So, I guess you didn't catch my, my, my screw-up. <laughs> Oh, I did. I just didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Uh, we yeah. do get some Spider-Man in here. I see Morales Spider-Man, which is really cool looking. Uh, Miss so, Marvel, the yeah. current Miss Marvel, uh, Ironheart, uh, Vision's daughter, Viv. Mm -hmm. Yep the the new Nova, uh, whatever Amadeus Cho is calling himself nowadays. Uh, uh, he's an incredible Hulk character. Yeah, Braun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of fun Generation Z characters to to throw out there. Ironheart, yeah. Okay. A lot of goodness new, in new here. Warriors. Yeah. Uh, you have to go to the unofficial canon project on Facebook, and you can grab these, and they'll be in the file section. Just uh, find the group. You, you can just basically go on Facebook. Shut up. On Facebook and just search that. Don't search Uncanon Project because you probably won't find anything under that. Well, you may find something under that. I'm not sure, but... 
yeah, and you'll get all those things and all this goodness and everything there. But go there and pick them up. We'll, I'll try to include a link to the group directly if I can figure out how that link is uh, shown on Facebook. Sometimes it's a pain to find links on Facebook, but yeah, I'll put that there. But anyway, so let's get on to the meat of the show. We Let me get rid of these PDFs here so we can chat. So some people had, uh, oh, I actually have a breakdown of that shield book. So it's 261-page roster book, a 96-page campaign setting book, a 38-page adventure book, a three-page shield agent character sheet, pull-out props, uh, rules of engagement, pull-out prop sheet of adventure evidence, a map sheet that details the city streets, a bunch of warehouses, safe houses, and a print-ready upper and lower box template. And he has two... And a partridge in a pear tree. Yes. He gave us two links, a actual, uh, I guess, full resolution link and a reduced one for those that want to just download it and read it. Anyway. So, are you awake, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I don't sleep well. Uh, anyway, uh, so... The last part of this we were going to talk about today was structuring adventures for the night. When you're running a campaign and you want to write up your adventure for the night before your group gets there, or maybe you spend the week before planning, or maybe you spend the month before planning. However you do it, we were just going to just chat about our methods, how we did it, and maybe it will give you some ideas, maybe it will not give you some ideas. Maybe you'll just say you guys are idiots and just move on. Hopefully you won't. So... I know personally when I do my Marvel Adventures, I like to revolve things around a plot or a plot point or a MacGuffin, like an item that they can go get, and right around that. And generally what I like to do when I do that is take little notebooks like this, for example, this size. Mm -hmm. It's the size of uh, one of those school assignment pads or something. Or uh, Yeah, I guess that's what these things are considered. I don't know. I always use them for gaming, though. They're, they're small. They're pocket-sized, pretty much. And I like to jot down ideas throughout the day when I'm planning. Like, I'm walking around. I'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. Or I hear someone talk something about a comic book thing, and I'll go look it up. Or I'm watching a TV show, and I'll hear something. Like, I was watching uh, uh, some show, and I heard them talking about this project on the show that was some ancient project in military history. So I went and looked it up, and I'm like, oh, this would be kind of cool. And I'm being very elusive to the topic because I may use it or I may not use it in my game. So my players may be listening so they can't figure out what TV show it is and figure out what I'm getting into. But I like to write those things down and then try to gather it all up into some type of plot for the night. And granted, players will not always take your bait for everything. And it's always that whole thing, you spend hours on this NPC that's going to give them the plot and hook, and meanwhile they spend the entire campaign talking to Jeff the Drunk in the corner at the bar because Jeff the Drunk is just so cool and interesting. Happens. What do you do? Transfer all the information to Jeff the Drunk, and now he becomes the, the whole thing that sets the adventure off. That's usually what I kind of do with those things. What about you? Well, um... I find that that's probably pretty similar. Uh, what typically what I will do, um, I, I start off with four or five players. Um, unless I have some specific way of bringing them together at the very beginning of everything, 
uh, you have to figure out some way of getting five or six different, uh, radically different per- people with radically different personalities to conform and not want to beat the stew out of one another in the game in some fit of testosterone. With actually formulating an adventure, uh, it's whatever little idea I have at the time, whether it's a continuation of the previous plot. Well, now they've got to stop Crime Master and figure out where he's operating out of, who he is, what's going on. Or maybe it's uh, I was watching a... And this is something that I did for uh, another game altogether, but this will give you an idea. I was watching the History Channel. uh, There's a documentary on um, Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. And it talked about how, you know, he started off as a somewhat wealthy inventor. Had By the end of his life, he was penniless living in a hotel in New York. He had reputedly developed Death Ray... uh, whether or not it actually ever existed, no one knows. But, I mean, a lot of his, whether it was just theories or practical applications of what he was doing, have now come to pass. Uh, and I use that as the basis for an adventure for a Doctor Who game. Okay. Uh, and then throughout the campaign that I ran at the time, they would occasionally bump back into him as they appeared on earth up until his death. Uh, and you know, the death ray was real. It, it did get invented, but they sabotaged it so that it wouldn't get out into the public and be used in the 1920s and thirties. And it was really sort of an interesting game, but it's one of those things where inspiration and ideas can come from anything. Absolutely. Uh, and whether you're using a structure like man versus man or man versus, uh, nature or whether you're just coming up with something like Dr. Octopus once Ben and Jerry's ice cream and decides he's going to go trash the local mall to get it. Uh, is it crazy? Sure. Uh, would Dr. Octopus actually do that? Eh, you know, probably not, but Madcap or Deadpool would. So, you know, the idea of using, you know, use your villain to tell a story. Whether it's uh, they just want to get the respect that they always felt they should have got, or maybe it's them trying to get some MacGuffin so that they can complete their death ray, their master plan, their plot to dominate the world, whatever. Um and I try to work one thing into the other. I try to do different things for different characters. Uh, not all of my adventures revolve around the entire group. I typically do, you know, I'll have three or four characters. I'll do one for one, one for another. Interweave plot points from one to the next so that it works out. It's more, more almost more novel-like storytelling as opposed to soap opera where it's different chapters focusing on different people. Uh, Stephen Watson is saying, uh, taking a different take on the old D&D chestnut, the characters meet in a bar and a tavern, one of which the characters owns a stake in. That way they have a, a reason to limit the damages in the bar or the tavern. So, yeah, that's actually a pretty cool idea. That way they would... 
actually care about what's happening in the area. Yeah. Gives them some ties to the village. So in like Marvel terms, maybe it's a building that one of your characters is running a business out of for his day job because everybody has to have a day job in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I, I did a game based in um, Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay. Wow. Now, obviously if you know anything about Bismarck, North Dakota, it's tiny in real life. I made it the Marvel version of Bismarck, North Dakota, which is to say it was larger and more metropolitan. And we had a group of uh, high college students who became the local superhero team. One of which was an Indian who, um, he was a Lakota Indian who became the living avatar of Iktomi. Iktomi is the spider trickster god from Lakota mythology. And it was, you know, I, I did a little bit of research and the guy actually had like Spider-Man-like abilities. But we, the funny thing is, there's a local Indian festival here in Georgia. And my cousin happened to meet a Lakota medicine man and talk to him about, you know, hey, yeah, my cousin is doing this research on this, uh, on Ectomi. And the guy was fascinated by the fact that somebody was actually using Lakota mythology for something other than, you know, just uh, whatever it's used for ordinarily. So, I mean, it, you know, uh, inspiration is where you take it. Inspiration is what you do with it. So, I mean, it's just a matter of finding something and making it work. And, by the way, Andrew Goldstein will probably be covering Iktomi in some capacity in the North American uh, Gods book that he plans on doing because it, it covers the Indians and... Uh, the various Native American tribes and whatnot. Cool. I look forward oh, to yeah. seeing that. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our show this week because we're getting on that one-hour mark, and we like to keep the shows around the one-hour mark. What do you think? That's it. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end this show this week, and uh, if you have any questions, you can send us a, uh email at askthedm at theevildm.com. Oh, wait a second. There is something we need to address about Hot Pockets. No, I'm not addressing the Hot <laughs> you know, Pockets. You don't want to address that, George? No, 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 no. I, I don't even have the full question that he asked today. I think it was silly. So I had to do with, you know, what's the intensity rank of the Hot Pockets that you eat and the uh, intensity rank of the gas that comes out of your butt after you eat said Hot Pockets? I would say, just as a casual guess, that it's two points for every hot pocket you eat. So thereby, if you ate five, it would be good intensity. Yeah. Questions? Ask the Evil DM at theevildm.com. Head over to the classicfacerip.com website, and you can get all our past shows. All of them now, I believe, except for one, are available on YouTube. Uh, and that's because it, they keep playing Play That Funky Music White Boy in it. No, they do not. But uh, I got around the copyright by just saying, yes, that's fine. And <laughs> I didn't realize you could do that. And that's how the shows are up now. But I spread them out so they're not just flooding the feed over and over again. So uh, you should have episode one, uh, zero, one. And two, plus the bonus episode we did uh, a while back on season one when we went over the uh, comic book and reviewed it, uh, which people didn't seem to really not sure what to do with it. They were just like, yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we never did it again. But anyway. 
I'm all for reviewing comics, but I guess a lot of people weren't into it at the time. So, whatever. Also, head over to YouTube uh, slash C slash The Evil DM for this channel. Head over to iTunes. Give us, or probably by the time people hear this in the future, it'll be Apple Podcasts. And you can actually access that anywhere. So leave us a review at Apple Podcasts because we appreciate every review we get there. And I'm talking written review as in like, you know, uh, Keith and Vince are really awesome. Uh, no, it doesn't give us any money whatsoever. <laughs> oh, well, worth a shot. The only thing it does is push us up in the uh, viewings on on uh, Apple Podcasts so people see the... Say good things about us. Yes. Say bad things about us. Just say something about us. As long as it's five stars and we appreciate No. <laughs> However many stars you want, we appreciate it. Head over there. Also, I know Google Podcast does some type of rating system, but I'm not sure how it works because I don't have anything Google except the podcast is there. Yeah. But anyway, enjoy that and everything more, and we will be back in a couple weeks with another wonderful episode with more things from the community and more news in the Marvel Universe. So as Stanley would say, Excelsior. Enough said. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on older episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.